0: Hi, it is Monday morning. As I walked from the car back to my desk, I prepared for the learners that were going to sit in the classroom. I couldn't help but feel a sense of wonder and excitement The familiar faces I passed by greeting them, greeting them with warm smiles, reminding me of strong community bonds that had been forged over the years. There was magic in there a feeling that something extraordinary was waiting just around the corner again. And that is the beauty of our existence if we can keep ourselves open to our present moment. There is always something new to be found. On this particular day, we're planning a special event, a cultural day with food and dancing and dress with many diverse folk who come to this place to inculturate themselves in a rich society that would showcase the unique skills and passions of all individuals from all walks of life. It was an opportunity for the community to come together, celebrate our diverse talents and build strong connections. The talent show became more than just a display of abilities. It was become a celebration of resilience, hope, and the power of community. Each performance was met with thunderous applause and encouragement, reinforcing the belief that we were all in this journey together. In the midst of festivities, I couldn't help but notice a familiar face in the abilities. It was Emma, a woman I had met during my trial at the Health Institution. She had also been through her fair share of struggles, but had maintained, managed to rebuild her life with determination and resilience. We hadn't seen each other in years, but the connection we had formed during our darkest moments still resonated. After the culture day, we caught up with each other, sharing stories of our respective journeys. It was a bittersweet reunion, filled with laughter, tears and a deep sense of understanding. As the night drew to a close, the community gathered in a circle, holding hands reflecting on the power of love, connection and second chances. realised that despite the challenges we had faced individually, we are over and we leaned on one another. That night, as I lay in bed, I couldn't help but feel immense gratitude for the journey with the bid on the eyes and those that shaped me into the best person I am today. A person who believed in the beauty of community, the magic of connection and the never-ending pursuit of love and happiness. As a 64-year-old man, I come to realise that life was not just about what lay around the next corner, but about the people we meet, the relationships we form, and the impacts we made on each other's lives. And with that thought, I drift off sleep, knowing that tomorrow will bring a new adventure and opportunities to continue building the bonds that made our community so extraordinarily. I tell that story as an introduction, and and think it is speaks to the richness of the pluralist nation of love, and and that we are enhancing our own by enhancing our own humaneness, we enhance other people's lives. Thank you, Dan.
1: Well, wow, now that's a pretty amazing start to this podcast, and welcome everybody. And if you're wondering who you were just listening to, that's my good friend and colleague from way back. We've worked together directly and indirectly parallel, haven't we, Michael, over quite more than a decade or so now um, here on the Sunshine. Yeah, that's right. Um, So this is Michael Burbank. Michael wants to be understood as a multifaceted human being. And you can tell by the opening commentary, he he has a big heart and lives life in a very rich and meaningful way through all the people he meets. And I'm, I'm just for the moment going to summarize a sense of who he is as a lived experience trainer. So that hardly does justice, it just catches a little aspect of who you are. Now I'm going to formally start, Michael creatively started the podcast for us, and I'm going to formally start by welcoming everybody, and I'm Dr. Deanne Ross, I'm the Love Theorist, and um, this is uh, Michael's contribution to the Revolutionary Love Stories part of the Love Theorist podcast. Um, and just as we're about to get into the conversation, I'd like to acknowledge the gubby-gubby-cabby-cabby cabby people who are the traditional custodians of the lands and waterways where Michael and I live here on the Sunshine Coast. I wish to acknowledge and pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and stand as an ally with them in their struggles for reconciliation and justice and sovereignty. Okay, so, Michael, what do we do after that amazing Introduction. It exactly. actually felt like a poem. It just was so poetic, so eloquent. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Uh, i I thought a lot about this and this invitation to be here and I've uh, I, I have sort of grasped the uh the coattails of your theories around love and your theorizing around love and, and community and that whole postmodernist notion of what love is and looked at it from a a layperson's perspective, I suppose one would say um that, that uh it is not it's not doesn't sit within any specific discipline it sits within the discipline of life and 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 connection and I think that's where we should be i I would like to just very quickly a, a little bit about myself that, that I that I am a six to four year old man um I have experienced PTSD struggled with uh, addiction or self medication problems um I've had quite a journey um I spent some time in custodial care I hope in, in institutionalised mental, mental health services, um, I fall short of calling mental health care because you know if it's institutionalised and forced, is it really care, uh, or is it something entirely different? Um, I've worked worked hard and had lots of opportunities given to me, or, or been fortunate enough to meet people such as Deanne and others who have uh, embraced me in their space and uh, and provided in that moment. Opportunities for me to make some choices and move in different directions, and at the end of the day, this this whole concept of love starts at that self-love, and that internal relationship of self, and the fact that we um, we've got to make some tough choices. And at the end of the day, um, if you have these interruptions in life, whether whatever they may be, uh, that we're still we still have power, we still have capacity. Um, although variable from person to person, that we can choose a better life for ourselves. And, and I, I don't, I know I can't have uh, worked with lots of people over the years from, from the lived experience perspective from some pretty tough spaces uh, where they've been thrown away from by the system and left discarded on the side of the road. And they made another space for themselves. And, and that was because, not because I believed them, but because I provided them a space to believe in themselves. And, and I think that's that's the key to, to all this stuff that we we do this amazing, huge bell curve and, and collaboration uh, of, of ideas about how we deliver human services, you know, and that. and we've got to have those things, so we're persistent and consistent, but then we've got to wind them back to being human. And, and being present, and it's not, and it's not in these great big theories. Although these theories keep it consistent, and I'm not just throwing them out. I don't miss any of We need to actually step into that space and be present for the person, and actually tell them that they're okay, and that they can make some choices, even in the even in the hardest moments. So, I think that uh yeah, my, my personal sorry. My personal no, life right. is,
1: sorry. Keep going. Uh, keep going.
0: My, my, my personal life has uh, has been through its ups and downs. I've uh, I've held various roles. I've been a husband, a house owner, mm-hmm. a, a father. A, um, I I've, uh, I've been homeless in the bridge drawer. Um, I've uh, I've worked in the government, and private sectors, um, and, and I have gained. I've had the privilege through. With all of those things, gaining such an insight to life that perhaps I wouldn't have got if I if I had a smoother pathway. Um, and I, I think we need to all sort of grasp that stuff too. It's um, life is a present. Sometimes we not not appreciate the wrapping, but we just have to pass through what we have to pass through. Um, as I said, I've been married, divorced, but I've never lost, lost hope in finding love and happiness, and not not in that traditional sense, but, but in a much broader sense of just being present in my own life and in enjoying the people who pass through it um, and being truthful to myself and truthful to those relationships. Um, it's at all times about the concepts of remain open to the concept of forging those meaningful connections in life. I, I suppose one thing... I strive for is not just to become another grumpy old man. I, I firmly believe the world has enough of them. <laughs> uh, I work hard to maintain a, a positive outlook, embracing the joys and challenges of life it presents, you know. But, you know, as I'm looking at myself on screen here or, or uh, looking in the mirror, that, you know, the the, uh, the eyes are getting a bit more bloodshot and the hair's getting a bit thinner and it's certainly a lot whiter and there's there's no hey, white left on the face, no colour left on the face at all. But hey, uh, they're just as patina. That <laughs> life's provided. Um, I think that uh, I mentioned the word self love, and, and I think it all starts from there. And I I, uh, I remember at a time when I lost my self love, at a time when I, when I couldn't see my own value, I couldn't see my own purpose, um, couldn't define why I want to stay here really at any point, and. and uh, um, Life was just a series of events that, that shifted from one the other without any particular point or hope. Um, I think maintaining our self love is a job. It's, it's not something that falls from the universe. It it requires it requires commitment and it requires a reason. And the reason. Yeah, we, we we talk about this uh, concept of love and, and connection, and um, and it's not about finding that unicorn, finding that rich relationship that's going to completely complete me and all this sort of stuff. And if you find that, that's great, and if that's what you need, I'm happy for you. But I think it's something far more than that, and it's it's actually about our sense of well being, our sense of community, our opportunity to actually give to others. Um, And I think that uh, George Bernard Shaw said it really well when a life spent in servitude is a life well spent. And I'm subtexting there, but I really believe um, in those moments of servitude to really find out who we are and really feel complete. It is it is the most human thing we can do, and it is why we exist and why we continue to exist. Sorry.
1: Can yeah. I can I just know you don't have to say sorry, and uh, I just want to come in and share some of some of what you're. Oh, just catch a little bit of what you're saying. So when you talk about times when you haven't loved yourself, did you know that the way out of those holes, those dark periods of time, was to love yourself? Or is this a kind of looking back on life now <laughs> and realising that, oh my, I maybe should have loved myself a bit better then? Or like, how 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 consciously did you uh, know that that was what was needed?
0: Uh, it, uh, it's a Monday morning hero story. That one. It's it's uh, it's <laughs> you know in hindsight, if only. Uh, but it's at those point at that point. We, there's nothing to hold on to because there's no self-belief, there's no there's no appreciation of who or what you are or or what role you're meant to play in this world. Um, it, it is actually, for my part anyway, it was actually the fact that I and a variety of different people mm-hmm. who who held um, held the line for me and, and my family member in particular, but it was a variety of different people and held the line. And, and one day I. I, uh, I got up and thought, well, if they maintain some sort of respect for me, maybe I should learn to respect myself. And, and that was, the, um, that was the, uh, the cathartic moment, if we will. I don't believe in cathartic moments. It's lots of hard work and all of a sudden you go, oh, okay, I can do this. Um, and a whole lot of events that led up to it. But it's no single thing, but, but it was about that realisation that I still had a life to live. There were still things to find out. There were still there were still mysteries around the corner, um, good or bad. It's okay. Life's not meant to be, you know, yin and yang. It's not meant to be smooth. If it's smooth, it'd be so boring that we wouldn't survive it. <laughs> so, and it, you know, and at times we sit there and think, I, you know, I, I need these challenges, but not so many at the same time. All those wonderful things. <laughs> however, however, we we survive and. In fact, we thrive through that and we, um, it, it's its a notion of grief, isn't it? If I'm hurting over the loss of something, I understand what it is to have something. And and that whole, uh, that whole volitional attitude of, if that's the truth of it, then I can find it, I can find a new thing or I can find something that actually fulfills me and makes me, gives me the motivation to move forward again. And that's, and it's back in there and uh, Although it is motivated internally through yourself, it is not. It is not in isolation. It is with the rest of the world. Um, it is a sense of connection. It is actually about understanding those folk that bring many to your day. Um, it's actually not not anticipating or expecting every uh, for a person to actually fulfil your every dream, but but to actually see life in itself as the journey and the connection. And that love of that connection that love of that uh, community that, that love of, love of servitude and, and servitude in itself brings its own rewards so it's not I, i'm not uh i'm not sort of sitting there in that whole notion of give told hurts no, no, yeah give up until that point but look after yourself too in this process so, so it's not, I'm not being some sort of sacred figure in this, it's, it's, but I do realize that unless I actually turn up for my fellow person in a meaningful way, that my life, it just lacks the richness that it currently has. Saves.
1: Wow! Look, you know, I I guess when I usually talk with you, we just all talk at once at each other and <laughs> don't listen properly <laughs> to one person at, at a time because you know there's usually three of us sitting in a little mm-hmm. circle in a coffee shop and we're all chatting away. To just hear you talk, you know, in a, in a quite a large flow of ideas is so interesting because I just see you more than I ever have before as quite a philosopher. Yeah, quite quite um finding your meaning in the world through ideas and it's no surprise that i know you love books and there's a whole bunch of books sitting there behind you on the screen so um do you see yourself as a bit of a philosopher now and were you always a little bit reflective on life perhaps
0: well um the the only statement the the (laughs) only statement and yes i do Um, and I, i often think that um if, if I would have followed a more traditional process of education, that, that philosophy would have been the direction I would have moved in. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and I love philosophy simply because it's not actually about finding the answer and, and it's never about finding the answer. Life's not about finding the answers, Life's finding the question. And as soon as we have that, as <laughs> soon as we have that question, then we've got a hundred more nuances to think about, and, and that's the excitement and energy. of it. it's not; it, it's, it is, it is the journey. It is not the completion of the journey. Uh, it isn't the arrogance of, of knowing. It isn't the. Uh, uh, and, and do I say I'm gonna go use that word boredom again of knowing? Okay, this is. I turn up. I do this. I go home again. Everything's okay. Um, it, it is actually. I turn up. I, I, I engage. I listen. I respond, and quite often I, I've got a pretty good idea of what the responses are going to set, but but I'm still present enough to to hear those changes and those shifts. So, and that maybe it's actually about supporting supporting the other, or supporting myself, or the other, or supporting the group to actually consider other questions, and yeah, and, yeah. and and in that moment, actually defining who they are, because in that.
1: Sorry, do you want to give an example of that, Michael? Because I, th- I I really get a sense that you're thinking of some situations when you're teaching, and it'd be really cool to make that a an example if you can.
0: Look, space um, as I, I I've talked about my addiction issues that that I um, yeah, you know, and I looked at all the traditional models of managing my addiction uh, addictions, including twelve step programs. I found that. I didn't really align with their philosophical stuff of, of actually, and it's this is my stuff. I, I, they work, and if, if, it's, if it's working, don't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. However, on the other end of it, I, I kind of feel that they get so involved and engaged in the action that they they just turn up and do things mechanically, and that and and I certainly have a, a number of folk who. Adamantly believe in twelve-step programs pass through my 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 space, and we have quite robust debates about it. and uh, And they say, "Oh, you're so anti," and I said, "No, no, I'm not at all. What I'm anti is someone saying you must, and if you don't, you're going to fail." Um, the, the whole business is about I've got the answer for you. But I don't have the I struggle to get the answers for myself. I don't have the answers for other people. What I do is have. Capacity to support them to find their own way to their own front door. And and every person has to find their own way to their own front door. Um, A lot of us, unfortunately, do not get the opportunity or aren't supported appropriately or don't believe in ourselves enough to take that risk, to actually step away from from old patterns, to step away from old belief systems and let go of stuff and, and step into learning. Michael Lenig said it phenomenally well, you know, let it out, let it unroll, let it unproved, and, and it will become the road to travel. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> but, and it's not about setting the destination and saying, this is what I need to do to survive. It's actually about saying, I believe that I can find what I need to find in my day-to-day life. I believe I will find where I need to be. And, and I believe that I have the presence and power in my own life to achieve those things. Um,
1: so you know how when you're in the classroom, and, and just for people who maybe don't know you to same, Michael actually created a cert- certificate or as a diploma? I- in
0: I, I didn't actually create what's it, but thank you. Didn't you? Well,
1: well no, I no, attribute no. it. I, I think it's yours. I see it as your baby. Oh, well, what's it called?
0: <laughs> it is. It is a, it's, a, it's a set for in uh, mental health peer work. Uh, there we and, are. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and the curriculum was written by a lot of other people. But probably the way I teach it, though, uh, is, yeah. is very much mine, and it's very That's much... So, and it's You're very right. no, much, yeah, yeah. It's very much about this stuff.
1: It's yeah. not, you know,
0: it, it is a facilitated process. And and where I was saying in the cat just didn't turn the computer off. Thank you. Uh sorry. <laughs> and sorry. And uh, the, uh, the, the, it's a facilitated process. I, you know, from the moment those folk meet me, the first thing I say to them, can I just celebrate with you? Walking through this door and meeting me because this is the day you've actually stepped into a space where you're going to take all those things, all those interruptions and challenges, and you're going to flip them on their head and turn them into a support structure for other people. And I don't know that it ever gets any better than that. And 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 can I congratulate you on getting this far? Uh, and that whole bit, and from this moment on that I will be giving you some processes and some theories and some structure that, that will actually let you know why the stuff works and how to be persistent and consistent. But the tool itself, you've built long before you met me and, and that whole process of those open discussions and, and reminding them of what they've gone through, how they've achieved and, what and their, their willingness to be in servitude to others and their belief that they have learned something that is useful to other people. Um, I don't know that you can actually teach that, or anyone can actually
1: own that. Yeah, but you can convey it through how you treat people, and I'm sure yes I'm sure everyone in your classroom feels that. I wanted to say something. You know how I've been writing this book, which seems to be taking forever. Um, one of the one of the points, and I'm I'm sure it's people watching how you live your life that has really inspired me to think like this. I've been talking about broken heartedness caused by trauma and violence done to people and saying that I think the most incredible human beings on the planet are people who have had deep trauma and loss um, and been treated really badly and, had, you know, what you call an interrupted life, which, you know, is, is a shorthand for a lot of things, isn't it, for what can happen to somebody. Um, and what when somebody takes that deep pain and agony and refuses to spread it around out in the world, but uses it as an energy to pay forward with love and kindness. That is spectacular. That is, it starts with what you were saying about self-love, and then this idea of being of service, what you call servitude. That's what I'm talking about. I think that's what the love revolution is made of. People exactly like you, who've lived a big life, Yeah, learnt what you can from it, and are now making yourself present for others to encourage them on their way to pay forward. Yeah. The wisdom they've gained really of, and the main wisdom as you've said is being present for other people. It's not, it's not big flashy lights, is it? It's actually a a way of being with people. Yeah.
0: (laughs) No, no, it's definitely not big flashy lights. (laughs) (laughs) There's very, there's very little eye in it. There's very little flash in it. Um, and, and, uh, it's uh, it is that humility, isn't it? it's that, that notion of compassion. Uh, it says it is. Um, it is. It is respectfully blunt. It, it is honestly compassionate. It is. It is honest, but it is compassionate in its honesty. Um, it uh, it is. It's very much about um, the connection in the relationship of a person's experience, thoughts, emotions and actions and, and understanding how that connections provides crucial insights into how, right. how people perceive and navigate their world or fail to navigate their world. And, and it's, it is from my perspective and, and my experience personal and where I actually supported other fact that, that it is actually turning up and being present it is actually being standing in that vulnerability of, of, of space, and, and not, not, not bringing your, your pain or your your uh, your heartbreak to it, but bringing bringing the capacity to actually have something else, uh, and uh, the validation of of and that validation of a life fully led, um, for want in front of a better expression, and and stepping into that space in in a much bigger way for fake. It, it, it that, that self-compassion, which is the understanding of forgiveness we extend to ourselves when we suffer, we fail, or we feel inadequate. You know, and, and part of our uh, part of our training, if we've if we've had those interruptions in our life, is to feel all those things in abundance. Um, it is actually seeing yourself as something other than those things, and and. The, dare I say that the lovely concept of flipping that on the, on its head and saying, well, actually, what has it taught me? What has it given me? And and I resolutely, how resolutely, I personally resolutely refuse to be a victim to anything, only to one, and and um, and that that's that's been costly at times, um, emotionally, physically, spiritually, uh, but. Uh, to surrender and it's not it's not fists up to the world but sometimes it's just that standing standing tall in what you' believe truthful but being compassionate enough that you can hear the other story and that you can actually build something better out of it so it's not it's not that single-mindedness or bloody-mindedness if I'm right I, I'm not but, but I can't let go of my passion I can't be a victim um, and I can't and in that moment in that moment I can't make someone else a victim of my need either. And that's the important part. So I really need to, to at all times, be really present for myself and understand what I'm responding with, what's informing my emotional responses and how I manage them, the stuff that I need to put out in the world and when I need to put it out in the world and with whom I need to put it out in the world and ensuring that as much as humanly possible, that whatever I do engages with folk in a positive and, and constructive manner. Um, yeah even in in that in that concept of deconstructive or pulling it apart to put it back together again but it's still in that with that compassion in mind that there's always intention and purpose uh, in every conversation in every conversation. So
1: man that's a that's a high standard to hold yourself to. How do you how do you treat yourself when you fall short of it?
0: Not well, <laughs> so, but actually, the other day, and I had a lot of stuff going on, and uh, and one of my favourite people just dropped a, a, a pebble in my cup that actually pushed it to overflowing, and I went back to some of those behaviours that I had in the past that were, were quite um, boisterous, if I put it nicely, but they were more than that; they're were, they were aggressive and and uh, and not particularly charming and for a moment for a moment i stepped back in there but in that moment i thought no hang on here what's important is the person that i'm talking to right now and that whole business about put your head in i need to come back and I, i expressed i expressed my deep sorrow for what i did and and i had to carry that for a couple of days i do like to beat myself up for a while but um i I stepped back into that space and, and also was very animated in my, you know. But right now, if you can't see my cup's full, uh, you know, this has, needs to be a two-way street. So that reciprocity or mutuality of those of those comments. So uh, that standard, you know, is uh, I'm not I'm not one for chasing the errant sheep down the road. <laughs> so, you know, I think mm-hmm. those folk that that's fake that hold space for you and you hold space for them. That's great. But if we can't hold space, that's okay too. Um, that, that, that's fine. I, I'm not responsible for anyone. I'm responsible apart from myself, pardon me. But I am responsible to everyone, and, and I believe by the same token, they are responsible to me too. <laughs> you know, and it's not, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. It's just turn up, be present. Yeah, be human, that's okay. We all have a moment um, or we all have a life that we're getting on with and, and we're not always going to be totally present for the other. But, but if you do it consistently, then maybe, maybe I've got the wrong person in my space and that's okay because those folk will find whatever they need somewhere else.
1: One is, my my one of the one of the things that really jllled I mean there's many things that I've learned from you over the years and um, especially when we were working together in the mental health services one of the things that was particularly profound and really helped me recognize how harmful trying to help people can be if you overact and take too much responsibility for someone else's life and even as I say that I know that that's a folly and actually a it's not possible. It's not for me to do, but you know when you're when you're trained to be a social worker or a doctor or whatever, and you would have seen this all the time in your you know, partic- what is the participant facility? Uh, what was the title uh, of your
0: job? Uh, it was a systems advocates position. It was a yeah. consumer consumer participation facilitator or, or uh, yeah, better business systems yeah. advocacy role, I suppose. Yeah,
1: and one, one of the really interesting things about that was Michael could see people like me just overacting and making things worse for people all the time uh, if in thinking we were doing the right thing or even knowing we're doing the wrong thing and still doing it. This is in the mental health services. And at some point, and I don't even remember the conversation, and it really struck me and I thought, oh, my God, um, he said, "You must let people be responsible for themselves, even if they've got a severe and enduring mental health issue, even if their life is in tatters. Don't take that off them. Don't." And I thought, "Oh my God! I have been presuming to know better, presuming to have a right, you know, to have some some point of view about a person's life. You know, it's it's a folly of professional education, and you." That stayed in my mind, and you—you you helped me with that. You helped me with that.
0: Uh, well, firstly, I'd like to say that I, I think you—you uh, you, you held yourself to too much responsibility there. Uh, when, I, when I look at other uh, other folk I've worked with, uh, so, actually, I didn't think you did that bad of a job around that stuff at all. It was probably a general conversation about someone else. Uh, so, uh, so uh, but as I say that, that that, that it is systemically what we do is the first thing we do is take a person's responsibility away from them we're, we're constantly on about rights you know but but rights in the absence of responsibilities are, are nothing uh rights are and and inside of those big systems rights are given and anything that is given is not yours uh, because anything that's given can be taken away at the front of the handle so if we shift the whole conversation over to individual responsibility and ensure no and, and I I gotta mention that lovely word capacity next to it, you know, and understanding but and not deeming what a person's capacity is, but stepping in and truly engaging with them and understanding what they have the capacity to hold and actually pushing them just a little bit past it. So so that they, so that the door is always open on new growth. And and not not seeing the deficit or the pathology of the person, you know I, my my favourite expressions is, you all know. You now we constantly work from deficit or a pathological position around. Like and, and in that moment we 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 say wonderful things like this one will never leave home, or will never have a relationship, or will never have a career, or will never maintain good good friendships, and and will probably have problems with their own personal care. And of course they're going to have problems with their own personal care because. They've got nothing to care about. We've taken every notion of who they are as an individual away from them, and it is only in our personal responsibility that we that we grow. It's only in stepping up and someone saying, "You know what? I believe you can do this, and I, and and I'm going to support you to do it. You're not out here by yourself, but you've got to do it for yourself." Uh, and and that that notion there, so so that that lovely word capacity. And you know, as you all well know, I'm working in the NDOS and and the whole and NDOS has done some terrific things for people in the psychosocial situation, but it's also done some damaging things. And it's it, it's what it has done is talked about choice and control, which is beautiful, and I believe in it, but it hasn't talked to capacity. And and where it hasn't talked to capacity, it's not about those folk who don't have capacity, it's about those folk who do have capacity and it's not held them accountable. Uh, that, that's you know, and once again that system that that's little thing that the system does and it's not so little and it, and it's it, it's quite sneaky <laughs> it's quite uh it, it, it just slips through and it's just, all right now you don't have to look after yourself and we'll look after medication and we'll, we'll we'll make sure someone's there to uh cook your meals and we'll look after your environment we'll get cleaners in there and we'll you know and we'll take you out for social things and 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 in those moments it it is so so far away from what some folk need. Now there are some folk that actually do need that, and and, and we've always got to be very careful when we're talking this because politicians will hear a different story entirely um, and see it see it as a, a cost cutting opportunity. But 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 we we build stuff for systems. We don't build stuff for people. We do we, we are constantly building, and and I understand that the big picture stuff, but. But we, we talk about the scale of the economy of, of scale and, and we talk about consistent and persistent responses, which I all I believe in, all those things, but but we don't talk enough about maintaining personal accountability. We don't talk about enough about ensuring that people have their life. You know? That yeah. expression, when I die, I want to come sliding in sliding into the grave. Uh, screaming yahoo and going yep that was all mine you know it was all mine and and anyone anyone that I support I want them to have the same bloody privilege Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> well
1: I'm not sure I'll be wanting to have that kind of thought as I yeah slip into the ground but what I'm going to just take this on a slide that was really interesting I was learning a lot just listening to you what I wanted to ask just segue off that and um, bill hooks's idea of love is Everything that you're talking about said much better than I think she said it, um, (laughs) which is something. uh, But also she said it's about the accountability of people who do harm. Uh, So we're talking about people who are hurt in all sorts of ways, sometimes by their own actions, but often by systems and people acting really Unfairly toward them. So she says that as well, we need to hold the powerful people accountable for their behavior. Yeah. So because justice won't be known unless we struggle for it and, yeah, make the privilege give up what they're doing a bit. What do you think about that? Do you think the main responsibilities or a different type of responsibility sits with people, whether they're professional workers with a patient or a, a big system like NDIS? What do you think? That's, uh,
0: I think in the first, let, let's, let's think about that notion of, uh, of do no harm. Uh, I think as soon as we step into someone's life to actually support them and the stuff that we're we're actually disempowering them at, at some point. So so I, I tend to say let's do as little harm as we possibly can. Uh, I, uh, your your notions around, and this is – I have done a bit of thinking around this whole business and how it fits within my my terrain and my face, my the way I face life, um, and the concepts of postmodernism, and, and and how that sits within everything I'm talking about. Now, now some of the elements of postmodernism modernism don't do not sit with with me that comfortably because uh, there's there's a little bit too much high in there sometimes. Uh, but but the notion of of uh, I'm going to say, the nation of big love, okay, um, and and and, uh, and that 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 not like the, the the series, but but big love in in as much as self and others and connection and community and, and being present in other people's lives in a in a rich and meaningful way. Um, it's it's we we tend to. I. I uh, I think we tend to, to see that fall out of word as 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 fearful because we we we're still stuck in in the romantic notion of unicorns or whatever. I, I don't know, you know, but uh, that that we don't we don't perceive it or we start we start talking about I love my jet ski or I love my car or other things these items that don't deserve—they're they're nice and they're really fun, but hey, they don't deserve our love. Uh, they, they, they provide us with some enjoyment, some you know, but but they don't deserve our love. So, um, I, I think that, that the that perception of enlightenment, you know, of actually of moving up that evolutionary chain and understanding that if 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 we have winners and losers, then we only have losers, uh, that we set in motion this competitive stuff that actually that suits that suits less than one percent of the population to keeps us involved in a game where where we owe our lives to a bank or a credit card or or an now that we you know it's like I, I I play golf very badly you know and, and sometimes I go out and play a few tradies and and. And they've they've given up a couple of hours on a Sunday morning to uh, to do it. And they go, oh, you know, and and they're all so distressed because they've got to get back to work because because they've got to pay off the forward wheel and and they've got to make sure that the wife's got the the new kitchen or the or the bathroom renovation or or And and so they and I have to wonder what their wife thinks whether they're that interested or whether they would be happier just to have them home and have them a bit present in their life, you know. Um, and and if that is all their relationship is, is this the relationship they really need? Have we actually lost all the concept of stuff? And if we if we can't hold the notion inside of those relationships then then how do we hold the notion of love, connection and community in in the bigger field and how do we actually turn up for each other and how do we how do we embrace that space? You know? I was I I, I was in a meeting yesterday and there was a Woman from a culturally diverse group there, and she she leads she leads a lived experience group around cultural diversity, and 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 I, sh- I should be ashamed of this, really. But she said, you know, she said more than fifty, she said in excess of fifty one percent of people in Australia right now were born overseas. Now I, I'm I'm sure that there would be a lot of English and Welsh and Scottish and Irish in in that number, so so we wouldn't notice that big of a difference. Uh-huh. Um, but but but. This whole business, and, and I think about that in the notion of what we've just seen with the referendum around the voice, and and I think you know that the, what we tried to set in motion was a was a sense of equity for less than three percent of our population, but that sense of equity for less than three percent of our population would have actually given comfort to rather fifty percent of our population. That sent you know, and there was nothing. It was really quite. I found, I found the politic around of it. I found the, the diversionary, diversionary and divisionary activities that politic of both political parties. One by not giving enough information. One by actually saying a whole lot of stuff that actually fed into the mining groups. And I think it was, at the best, it was actually uh, to shift the focus from everything else that's happening around us by like both parties. And, and let's talk about a two political party, but not now. It's a two political party system, um, but 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 that you know when we look, when we look, when we look with open heart and open eyes at our First Nation folk, and we look at their young folk who who don't <laughs> respect law L O R E and have no respect for law L A W, because they've got no future, they've got no hope, they have no sense of self, they have no sense of who they are culturally, um, we, we for some reason found it a threat. You know, I think the great part is 40% of us voted yes, so that's a great thing. Let's go yes. there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. yeah, yes, we are. Okay, so however, yeah, however, it, it it hurt me in, in as much as wow. I, I think that, that there was this, this really great opportunity and, and just like the sorry statement, you know, they're going to take over Sydney. Uh, and, and the fearmongering and and the misuse of people's lives and the destruction of people's lives and the the, the lack of care given to people's lives by our, our supposed leaders is and by because they they use as political football um I i like uh, I, I struggle with my understand it it contributes to the community in ra but and I struggle for these things, but but we're driven so much around the dollar, and we're driven by the notion that we're all that we're all profiting off the back of mining, but we're not, you know. And and do I say just just thinking about for me thinking about the fact that you know, it wasn't that long ago, was it wasn't like in the last twelve months? or oh, we actually booked, we actually blew up your cave with the forty thousand year old cave paintings in it. Um, sorry, uh, you know, and and the yes way would have actually changed that stuff so that was that that was the point of division wasn't it and it was about dollars again and and it's not that these guys can still back money and and i you know but they can do it in a way that actually doesn't destroy the world for other people it's it's not that big hey and you know what it's just about slowing down and do we need to make this much profit or could we live with this much profit? And the reality is we could quite happily live with this much profit. Mm-hmm. So and if we have this much profit,
1: mm-hmm.
0: all of a sudden we're nurturing a better world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and we're giving these people something that they, they so richly should have. You know, it's yeah you know, <laughs> I mean, Because when people say well, I say, you know, right at what right our border we've got the Indonesian army, which is ten times Larger. We've got this military and um, Indonesia could walk in here and just take over. I said, and tomorrow you could have an Indonesian family sitting in your landry deciding what you're going to watch on your TV. And I said, When you think about our First Nation fake think, think about that. Because that's what the stuff is. And it's and it's not complex, it's not big, and it's not scary. And and it is a first step and it's it's a generational step create a better world for these guys. And there it is. It's actually about building love, building a sense of responsibility to others. And 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 what we do is we choose to win. Um even when we lose, we seriously. Yes.
1: Yep you know, Michael, there's no good time to finish this podcast because we could go on for hours and I'd just love to have you back another time. But if you had to summarise some big takeaway messages that you'd like people to to think about, what would you say?
0: Uh, I, You know, and I'm, I'm going to finish all that stuff because that's that's probably the, the stuff that's grating at the moment. Um, and, and I think that we could argue, and we could argue the concepts of love, community and connection, and, and argue that knowledge and truth are not objective realities, that they, they are constructed and shaped by power structures and cultural assumptions. Um, and it means that truth and reality are relative, not absolute. And And we constantly, we constantly institute our nation of, of knowledge on other folk. We, we talk about... You know, we talk about building structures for other folk. We don't yeah, yeah. yeah let's there was a put by, by by one of my colleagues the other day. I was sitting there at the table, we were making a decision about what's going to happen to our First Nation folk and, and I looked around the table and there was eight white women and two white men. And she said, and I was brave enough to say, We're doing it again. Yeah. Um, we, we actually need we 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 build structures that make us feel safe. We actually need to be brave enough to step into our vulnerability, and we need to step into that vulnerability with love, compassion, and understanding. And that's what I like to okay. And and that and that will build a better world for everyone.
1: It will. Well, you are you are just one cool dude, man. <laughs> it's such so cool to know you, and we have some good rays. But this is a really special moment to have. Just been quiet, mostly myself, to really listen to you, and I just really appreciate what you've brought to the table and the conversation tonight. Thank you so much. You you are you are a great inspiration of how to be love in the world.
0: Yeah. Thank you for this opportunity, Dan. And uh, and I've got to say that uh, a lot of our conversations have inspired this this presentation. Not presentation, but this. This part of me, this, you know, by, by knowing you for a decade plus and the conversations we have, have enriched me and probably put more words and structure around me than you might appreciate. So, thank you too.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. And um, please stay online while we just let the system upload our last bit of our recording. Once we stop recording, won't you, Michael, just stay there. Yeah, okay. But I'll say good night to everybody else who was listening. And I hope people found something that they can take away and help them on their way um, in their lives from your conversation and your presence tonight. Thank you so much, Michael.